This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. This week's episode is dedicated to Yosef Ben Shalom Hay on his 50th birthday. There was a great gathering of the rabbis of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and they had gathered together to thank Hashem because the Ksav Sofer, who was the son of the illustrious rabbi known as the Chassam Sofer, had been spending many years trying to get the Austro-Hungarian government to officially recognize the Jewish community and allow them to have their own educational system, which would be put into law. And now that the Ksav Sofer had been appointed the chief rabbi of the Austro-Hungarian community and given permission to set up a Jewish school system, all of the great rabbis and scholars were brought together in Pressburg. And of course, during the gathering, many of the rabbis got up and gave over new Torah interpretations, explaining the Torah in ways that hadn't been explained before. And there was a lot of food and drinking, but most of the attention was spent on hearing the rabbis speak and then finally, the Ksav Sofer gets up from his seat, and without explaining anything, he announces that in honor of this special occasion, he wants to share something special and unique that will excite everyone that's here. And he pulls out of his pocket a little silk bag, and he says, In this little bag, my sweetest friends, is something that will connect you to the past in a way you never could have imagined. And it's unique in the world, there's nothing else like it. And he pulls out a very small, ancient silver coin. And he says, Rabbis, my mentors, my peers, my sweetest friends, what you're looking at here is an original machatzita shekin, half shekel coin that was used for donations to the Holy Temple in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And I received it from my Holy Father, the Hassam Sofer, who received it from his father, received it from his father. And it's said in our family that this coin goes all the way back to the time of the Beit HaMikdash itself. And I'm very careful with this coin. I don't bring it out in public. I didn't even share with anyone besides my family that I'm even in possession of it. But this is such a special moment. We have so many great Torah scholars here. And it's been a prized secret in our family for so many generations. I figured I would share it with you tonight. And of course the crowd was amazed. Because just like Sav Sofer said, there was no other coin like that in the whole world. And to actually hold a half shekel coin from temple times, from ancient times, to actually make a connection, a physical connection to those days, everyone wanted to see the coin and everyone wanted to touch it and examine it closely. And the Sav Sofer, he knew that he could trust this crowd. And so he hands it to the person next to him. He says, friends, you can pass this around so everyone can see the coin. And of course, being rabbis and being Jews, a discussion erupted as to how much it should weigh and what shape it's supposed to have and how it's supposed to be used. And the rabbis are arguing and discussing and it's getting louder and louder. There was one rabbi who hadn't yet seen the coin up close. And he says, who has the coin? I want to take a look at it. And everyone looks at their neighbor and no one can figure out what happened to the coin. The coin had simply disappeared. And so everybody started looking around them. 
They're looking on the floor, under the tables, looking at each other. But the priceless coin, the ancient artifact, was gone. No one could find it. Very quickly, there was silence in the room, and all eyes turned to the Ksav Sofer. His face had turned white. He couldn't believe that a treasure that had been in his family for so many generations had disappeared in a room like this. He stood for a couple of minutes in front of the crowd, looking around, and then he said, Honorable Rabbis, Chas Shalom, God forbid that I would suspect that anyone in this room would do the transgression of stealing. I'm sure nobody stole the coin, but we were so involved in analyzing it, discussing the significance of the half shekel, that maybe somebody mixed it up with their own coins and slipped it into their pocket by mistake. And so we have no choice, my sweetest friends. With all due respect to everyone who's here, honorable rabbis, I have to ask, please, that everyone empty their pockets and their change purses and their wallets so that we can see if possibly an accident such as this has happened. And everyone, of course, agreed. Yes, yes, of course. Everybody's saying yes. They understood. This was not a time for privacy. Everybody had to empty their pockets and put them on the table. But then there was a voice from the back of the room. It was one of the oldest and most respected Torah scholars in the room. He was an important rabbinical leader in Hungary for many, many years. And he says over the crowd, I oppose searching through our pockets. Everybody turns to the rabbi. And the Ksav Sofer says, Holy rabbi, you are probably the oldest rabbi here. You might be one of the most respected Torah scholars in this room. But why do you object to such a search? And the rabbi says, can we please wait 15 minutes? Maybe the coin will show up. And so the Ksav Sofer, having respect for this great sage, he says, okay, we'll wait 15 minutes. And everyone was watching the clock tick. You could feel the tension in the room. 15 minutes passed. The coin was still gone. So the Ksav Sofer says, okay, we waited 15 minutes. Please, everybody, empty your pockets in front of one another, just like we agreed. And everyone was about to reach into their pockets. When again, the old Torah scholar in the back of the room says, Rabbi, please, I object. Another 15 minutes. Please, Rabbi, I beg of you. And out of respect, the Ksav Sofer agreed again. And everybody sat there watching the clock tick. Waiting for another 15 minutes to pass. And if you thought there was tension in the room before, now you could feel the tension in the room. Some of the guests started looking at the old rabbi, clearly suspecting that he had stolen the coin and was just asking for extra time so that he wouldn't have to be embarrassed to show everyone. And the second 15 minutes was up. And once again, there's no sign of the coin. And the Ksav Sofer stands up. And you could hear the sorrow and the impatience in his voice. He says, gentlemen, great rabbis, I have a great deal of respect for the venerable rabbi, our colleague, but we cannot postpone it anymore. We must find this coin. And once again, the rabbi in the back of the room said, please, I'm begging you. And his voice was shaking as he was crying as he spoke. Please, rabbi. Remember the great love that your father of blessed memory had for all of us. Out of respect for your father, the Chassam Sofer, please wait another 15 minutes. If the coin isn't found by then, I'll agree to do anything you say. And the Chassam Sofer thought for a minute, and you could feel the tension in the room, and it had heightened again. And he said, okay, out of respect for the elderly rabbi, we'll wait another 15 minutes. And the old rabbi went to the corner of the room, 
and you could see his lips moving in silent prayer, begging Hashem to please find the coin. And the Ksav Sofer sat on the stage, his face white, and you could see how worried he was. It looked like he might faint, and the guests were waiting for the other 15 minutes to pass. Now even more of them thought that for sure the old rabbi had stolen the coin, and suddenly the back door burst open. And running into the great hall where everybody was sitting was the attendant, was the gabai of the Ksav Sofer. And he says, Rabbi, Rabbi, I found the coin. Great news, I found the coin. And everyone ran over to see the gabai. Each one wanted to see with their own eyes that he really found the mechatzita shekel, the half shekel coin. And as soon as everyone saw that he actually did have the coin, all of the tension in the room dissolved. And now everybody was saying, Thank God, Bo Hashem! Mazel And the Ksav Sofer says to his Gabai, You have to tell us what happened. Where did you find the coin? So everyone quieted down. And he said, When everyone was so deeply involved discussing the meaning of the half shekel, I could see that this was the opportune time to begin cleaning up. So me and the waiters, we removed the tablecloths, and we shook them out over the garbage. And when I heard that the coin was missing, I thought maybe by mistake we had collected it with the garbage and inadvertently thrown it out. So I started digging through the trash pile. And believe me, it wasn't fun. But I thought, there's no coin like this in the whole world. I have to find the coin. And after about 40 minutes, I finally saw something sparkling in the garbage pile. And I pulled it out. And it was the Ksav Sofer's coin. So now everybody calmed down, everybody went and sat back down, and now the old rabbi asked to speak. And the truth was, everybody wanted to know what was going on. Why had he continued to delay the reasonable request of the Ksav Sofer? Did everybody look in each other's pockets and check? And he says, great rabbis, my sweetest friends, the Ksav Sofer said that there's only one coin like this in the whole world. But the truth is, I have in my possession another half shekel from temple times that was handed down from generation to generation in my family, just like the Ksav Sofer. And I thought, in honor of this special festive occasion, I would bring my special coin and share it with everyone. But then the great rabbi, the Ksav Sofer, gets up and he announces that he has a coin that's unique in the whole world. And I didn't want to weaken the presentation of the Ksav Sofer by saying, I also have one. And so I left it in my pocket. Now imagine, my sweetest friends, honorable rabbis, if we had actually done the search like the Ksav Sofer asked, everyone would have seen the coin in my pocket and they would have accused me of stealing, even though of course I didn't. And that's why I did everything I could to keep asking for another 15 minutes and another 15 minutes. And I was praying in the merit of the Chassam Sofer, my rabbi and my teacher, that I shouldn't be embarrassed or shamed because I also had a half-coin shekel in my pocket. And when it wasn't found, I asked for one more round of 15 minutes. And I went to the corner and I cried my heart out. Hashem, please save me from this terrible embarrassment. And Baruch Hashem, my prayers were accepted. And with that, the old rabbi took his half-shekel coin and let everybody take a look at it. And everyone was astounded to see that it was exactly the same as the coin of the Ksav Sofer. And before they finished saying Birkat Amazon at the end of the meal, 
The Ksav Sofer got up and he said, Honorable Rabbis, I realize now after what happened tonight, I thought we were getting together to celebrate being able to raise generations of Orthodox children. But I realize now, we were gathered here to learn the meaning of what it says in the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. Dan et kol adam Judge every person favorably on the side of merit based on their merits. If we had found the coin in the old rabbi's pocket, is there anyone in this room who could honestly say that they wouldn't have accused him of stealing my coin, especially after I had told everyone that there was no other coin like it in the whole world? And even though it seems simple to say, judge every person favorably, tonight we learned that even if everything points to a person's guilt, we still have to presume that they're innocent until proven otherwise. And that is most likely the reason that Hashem put us through this ordeal, so that we'll never forget this lesson. I have one more story for you, since today, when I'm recording the story, is the yard site of Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Schneerson, the father of the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, who served as the chief rabbi of a large community in Ukraine for 30 years. And there are many stories of Rabbi Levi Yitzhak, some of them I have on the podcast. During the time of the Soviet Union, although the Soviets did not want people to believe in God, they knew that back then, every Jew would have a Seder, and every Jew would eat matzah. And they knew that in order for the matzah to be kosher, it had to have the heksher, the kosher certification of the chief rabbi. And for many years, the former chief rabbis would simply give their seal of approval, probably to avoid being murdered by the Soviets. And those rabbis didn't really care. And since the Soviet authorities didn't care if the matzah was kosher or not, if the flour was kosher or not, they came to Rabbi Levi Yitzchak demanding a blanket heksher before they even started production. You know, in the communist countries, the factories belonged to the government. And the people running them were considered managers who oversaw the factories for the government. And when the government took over a factory, all they cared about was that it kept running without any interruption. And they'd recently taken over the matzah factory. And in order to sell the matzah, they needed the local rabbi to give us heksher. And so the Soviet authorities came to Rabbi Levi Yitzchak and they said, Hello, Rabbi, we need your heksher. You just need to say, okay, sign here, and we'll leave you alone. But the rabbi said, I'm not giving a heksher if the matzah is not kosher. And for sure, I'm not giving a heksher if the flour for the matzah is not kosher. Now, considering how much money the sale of flour and matzah was, by him not giving a heksher, he would be directly interfering with the government's income and then would become an enemy of the state. An enemy of the state meant that the government had the full ability to do anything they wanted and since Ukraine was known as the breadbasket of the Soviet Union, because most of the wheat was grown there, they needed the rabbi's heksher in order to start making the matzah. And they originally thought that it wouldn't be a big deal, just like in the past. But they were up against a different type of rabbi. So Rabbi Levi Yitzchak said to them, If you give me free reign over the whole process of making the matzah, from grinding the flour to baking the matzah, and my own mashkichim, my own kashrut supervisors, who will follow my instructions, do everything I say, I'll give my heksher. But if I'm not allowed to appoint my own mashkichim, 
I am not able to give a heksher. And not only that, I will publicize to the entire Jewish community that the flour and the matzahs that you're baking are not under my supervision. And so the officials said to the rabbi, Rabbi, do you know what we can do with people like you? If you don't do what we're saying, you'll be considered a counter-revolutionary. Be fighting against the government. You know what we do with people like you. And Rabbi Levi Yitzchak said, there's no way that I'm going to give a heksher if the matzahs and the flour are not kosher. And Rabbi Levi Yitzchak said to the group, I'm willing to travel to Moscow to meet the president of the Soviet Union and explain to him why I won't do something against the Torah, against the Shulchan Aruch, and against Hashem. If the president decides to punish me, that's his business. But me, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, I won't budge. So the officials reported this to their superiors, who reported it to their superiors, until eventually it reached the Kremlin, and the Kremlin said to listen to the demands of the rabbi and do everything he said so that the flour will be kosher and the matzahs will be kosher and we'll make our money and everyone will be happy. And when the Lubavitcher Rebbe would tell the story about his father, he said there's a powerful lesson here. When a Jew stands strong in the knowledge that the Jew is doing Hashem's will and that that person cannot and will not go against what Hashem wants us to do, then nothing stands in that person's way. Not even the Soviet Union, no matter how powerful they are, even they, with their clear agenda of trying to stop Jews from being Jewish, had to listen to a Jew who would not budge. And not only would he not give in to their demands, but they gave in to his, so that all the matzah factories that year, all of them were kosher. And it's true that not everyone has this strength. And certainly not everybody has to face the full force of the Soviet government. What most people have to face is their own yetzerara, their own evil inclination. And this evil inclination comes and says to you, if you put on a kippah, you'll be embarrassed. If you keep Shabbos, your non-Jewish friends, or maybe even your Jewish friends, will look at you and say, what are you crazy? But you should know that the opposite is true. If you stand strong, Hashem stands with you, and in the end, you will prevail. And it's not only important for you to be firm in your desire to keep Torah and mitzvot, but you also have to be a friend to others and help them in the face of opposition. And when Hashem sees us standing strong and helping one another to stand strong, He will remove all the obstacles in the way and help us with everything we need to the extent that even the Soviet Union will come and help Jews to have kosher matzahs. And this is the lesson that we learned from the Rebbe's father, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, when he stood up, not just this time, but many, many times, to the Soviet Union.
Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. As always, I want to thank the Kimmel family for dedicating this episode to Yosef Ben Shalom Hay. May Hashem bless him and his family with Torah, Chupa, and Masim Tovim, and to be blessed with only revealed good in such a way that you can taste it. And also to Holy Sister Anna, who came and spent Shabbos lunch with us. It was such an honor and a pleasure to have you at our Shabbos table. And also to Pesha Rachel, who sent in a contribution. And to my sweetest friend, Binyamin, in the Philippines, thank you for your advice and for your help. May Hashem bless you with a refuah shlema, a full recovery. And everybody that's in touch with me and writes to me, thank you so much for being in touch. And if you'd like to become a contributor or sponsor an episode in honor or memory of someone, you can do that by going to my website and clicking on Become a Supporter. And now I also have an option to buy me a cup of coffee, which you can find there as well. So thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. Thank you for sharing. And until next week, have a beautiful Shabbos and take care of yourselves. Salut. Salut. Salut.